and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 203, Three Peas in a Pod. We made it. Yep, we're here, and uh, we have a Is question. it Christmas today? I don't know. <laughs> it's not Christmas today. <laughs> it's not today, Ed. I know. I just, the day we're I shooting I wanted to up. say Merry Christmas to people. You still go right ahead. Merry Christmas. Say Merry Christmas. I have no, I have no idea. <laughs> I think you could say that in July, <laughs> okay. and people would appreciate I it. I just yeah. wanted to, I just wondered when this was happening. Okay. Well. It's happening. Things happen like that to me. I wonder. I we, wonder. We just filmed these things, and then Nathan and, and Charlie put them on the interwebs, and, and it happens. True. They, it is the day after Christmas. Oh, oh, oh happy day after Boxing Day. Happy we, Boxing we Day to, asked Charlie. to our Canadian friends. Happy day after so we hope you had a great Christmas yes. yesterday. Thanks, to producer Charlie, for telling us when this airs. But anything else you want to say to the people? Happy New Year. Would you like to get that in? No, that'll be next week. Oh, okay. Next week. <laughs> next week will be, uh, we'll just pass the New Year. It will. Year. It'll be 2024. That's right. If we make it. I okay. think we'll make it. You think we'll make it? I do. Every year somebody tells me that we're not going to make it. I know. But we do. I Yeah, you never know. You don't. That's up. That's up to your life is a vapor, Ed. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, yeah. <laughs> that, that is true. Yeah. I'm throwing some biblical you are. truth. There's All some, right, but we need to get to this question quick. All right, All right. vape it. Here we <laughs> vape it. Okay. Make it go quick like a vapor. We oh, have a question turned into us uh, based on some uh, statements Ed made. Yep. Ed's always making statements. I <clears throat> tend to. He does, and so we're going to clear up his statements. Here's the question. Ready? In his message on November 19th, Ed mentioned that God has consistently said that his people should be real careful to treat widows, orphans, and people from other countries and the poor with great compassion. Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear you talk about that in greater detail. So let's talk about that in greater detail. Mm -hmm. It sounds like they really enjoyed that sermon. They want to hear a little bit more. Maybe, Maybe that's, they did. That's, what that's, that what, that's what I That's what I told I don't you. Say. I don't I'd hear any love, disagreement. I, I I'd would, love to hear you talk about it. I'll just say this. If the person's saying, I don't know where God says, be very careful. Well, okay, I didn't, I'm not quoting an exact verse. Mm. I'm giving more of a gist. So if, if it is one of my people that like to I point would, out, that's not exactly the words that get said. Okay. Then I would right. say that you're right. You were, you were actually uh, pretty um, conservative in your, your language because God, I would say, is much more explicit than be very careful to do it. He he says, especially, I believe it's in the book of Amos, where he says, uh, I don't listen to your prayers anymore. Mm. When you sing me songs, I don't listen because you don't take care of the poor or the widows or the orphans. So, you know what? I think y'all should just stop having church on Sunday, which is effectively what he's saying. Y'all should, he does say stop having your religious festivals. Yeah. Stop having all of these things. I don't want to hear them. Uh, because you're not you're and he's actually saying you're you're not just not defending the poor and the widow, you're oppressing the poor right. and the widow. So why should I even listen to what you have to say? I believe that's a book of Amos. It might be another one, but so. almost all the prophets are pretty direct. The reason that uh Israel is conquered by Assyria and sent to Babylon and all these different things, it is not because they stopped praying the right way or doing that. It is explicitly they did not care for the poor and the weak, which was an evidence that they had abandoned God and turned away from him. And their idolatry was mixed up in all of that. So hmm. I think especially the Old Testament is pretty direct. Well, Jesus was pretty direct when he said, I'm going to have sheep on one side and goats on the other. <laughs> yes. And here's the difference. 
the sheep over here took care of the people in prison and sick and the poor and the people in need, mm -hmm. and the goats didn't. The and goats did not confess Jesus as Lord, Jason. <laughs> no. And they weren't that's baptized. That's not what he said. That's how he's going to separate them. Ah, got it. He's what? playing devil's advocate. <laughs> I got you. I got you. That poor stuff. That, that I, would, I would openly say that because they did not... Uh, they they might have confessed Jesus as Lord, but as Jesus said, some of you are going to confess with your mouth, Lord, yeah. Lord, but you don't do what I tell you to do. So why yeah. are we why are we even having this conversation? Point taken, sir. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> they might have confessed it with their mouth, but with by not hearing for him. We actually just had this particular conversation on the uh, Not Great Parents podcast. Did you really? Podcast. We talked about how to have a not great Christmas uh, in regards to your money, and we talk about. The uh, the Luke version of what's said in the Sermon on the Mount about storing up treasures mm -hmm. on earth, storing up treasures in heaven, that's part of a longer discourse in Luke where Jesus talks and uh, tells a story about a man who uh, builds up barns oh, yeah. Yeah. and then builds up other barns because he thinks, oh, well, I'll eat, drink, and be merry at the end of this. Mm -hmm. And Jesus goes, who told you you were going to make it to tomorrow morning? That's right. You're building up all these barns. I'm taking your life right now. Yeah. This is going to happen. Then he says... Uh, don't store up treasures on earth. So that's a reference to the barns. Mm -hmm. Instead, store up treasures in heaven, which all of us go, well, that's the good deeds I did. Yeah. He goes, so here's how you do that. Sell your possessions, give, <laughs> give them to them the to poor, the then you'll have treasure that's in heaven. Right. Uh, so, it's not as fuzzy as you might think. No. Jesus <laughs> is pretty direct about stuff. So I think there are several occasions. It seems uh, one of God's central tests of your love for your neighbor, uh, which means your love for him, uh, is how you love those who are most vulnerable. And I will say those categories are really consistent. Now, maybe it's because they're consistent just in the ancient world of uh, the widows, mm -hmm. the orphans. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are two because only men could own property. Yeah. And those people were really vulnerable if their husband right. or their father were to die. So they're vulnerable. The poor are exceptionally vulnerable. But then there were sojourners or mm, just foreigners, foreigners yeah. that they always expected to have in their midst. And I mean, the Old Testament, he says, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't try to get everything out of the harvest or your fields. Mm -hmm. Leave the corners mm -hmm. and don't go back over them. Don't try to get everything. If you leave, drop something on the ground, let just, it. just leave it. Don't, don't worry about that. I'll take care of you because you're taking care of the poor by doing mm -hmm. what I asked you. And not just the poor, but the sojourner or the alien or the mm -hmm. immigrant. There are all kinds of things where it talks about that you sh in Israel, those who are foreign-born should be treated the same as those who are <laughs> born in the country. That uh, He's pretty clear about this in yeah. the Old Testament. And then Jesus, I mean, how could he not just pick up the same theme? Yeah. And, and it becomes a thing, you know, Paul, one of the things that we read in Paul's letters, he's collecting money to take back mm -hmm. for the poor in Jerusalem so that mm -hmm, the Gentile yeah. people... He's now getting them in these Gentile churches that don't have this Israel background into this thought of, we have a responsibility to care for the poor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Well, and, and I think, Nathan, you just mentioned this in a message um, just recently. Uh, you were talking about the, the idea of one of the reasons that we, we live this way. Um, uh, this is going to get a little theological, but I think it's, it's point, important to point this out. There is a reason why we do these things, and it is, of course, for the good of people who are vulnerable and who mm -hmm. are in need. 
it is also a testament of the kingdom in which we live. Right. Yes. right. And, and you said that very well uh, as we're filming this, I believe it was just last Sunday, mm-hmm. about the fact that Jesus presents a kingdom that we can live in where there is no need for me to go back over and get everything yes. out of the, this life that I possibly can because I live in a kingdom where there's more than enough. That's right. And so I can be generous and I can let go and I can uh, not get squeeze every little thing out of it afraid that I'm not going to have enough at the end of the day. I can relax and live at peace so that the world sees there is a better way to live. And it is a life of Mm open-handed generosity where what flows to me flows through me. And it can just be used for whoever needs it in this world because I don't have, I don't, the Lord is my shepherd. I want for nothing. Right. And so, if I live this way, yeah. I don't just take care of the poor. I live in such a way that Jesus is seen to be king right. Yeah. That's in, right. of this world. So I just think it's important for us to get at both of those things. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times we we don't see it as living in the kingdom of God the way Jesus offered to us. Mm-hmm. And so if you need another reason. yeah. No, I think that's a no. great reason. In fact, so much of the commands about money are about me Mm-hmm. Reestablishing for myself. Yeah. God doesn't need me to prove any. He knows yeah. already whether my heart is true. Yes. But I can fool myself into thinking mm-hmm. Jesus is fully Lord of my life. But in the Old Testament, it says, here's the reason you tithe. Mm-hmm. You tithe to remind yourself that the Lord comes first. That's right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's not about, it's so interesting to in a culture like ours where, I mean, you say whatever we want to. The top value in our culture is everybody ought to take care of themselves and get as much money as they can. And whatever you do to do that, as long as you don't hurt nobody, yeah. uh, you, you ought to be able to do that. That is a statement of trust only yourself, don't yes. trust God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I take this high value in American culture and I just give it away, mm-hmm. and I give it away first, it is reinforcing to me primarily, to yeah. me, yeah. Mm-hmm. what you said is true is not true. That what Jesus said is true. He will take care of me. And the amount I have left because I trusted him first will go further than if I hadn't. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme, which I think, again, is just the way the evil one is, again, in our culture, taking this thing that was supposed to reinforce for me a good thing and turn it into, oh, and if you give to God, he'll give back to you. That's not that's not the way that's intended to be. It's just another mm-hmm. wrinkling up of everything God has taught. And to turn that around, because and I know this is going to sound like I'm contradicting myself, because what I said earlier, it is also not a thing of I better give and I better take care of the poor and vulnerable. Because if I don't, God's going to get me. Right. That's also not the point of right. Jesus' story of the sheep and the goats. I want to mm-hmm. be clear on that. That's too. exactly right. It it is what we just talked about. Is we live in a different kingdom. It is not a kingdom of of of, of supply and demand. It is a, it is a kingdom of no lack. Right. And we, we live, you know, like you said this Sunday, this, this world is a safe place for us to be. Mm-hmm. We do not have to worry. We have a good shepherd. And so we live that way, not just for ourselves, but for the good of everyone. That's exactly right. And there's a way in which you can view the, the story of the Bible, so the story of, at least for Christians, the story of humanity as a story of, of greed. Some people look at it as a story mm. of pride, but it's easy to see it as a story of greed as well, which is the first command is, 
you know, the, the story begins, God puts him in a garden and says, you can eat from any of these trees. Look at all of this abundance that is mm -hmm. around you. Don't yeah. eat from this one tree, yep. but you can eat from all these other trees. And then when the when the serpent comes, he says, hey, you mm. know, God's, God's really not wanting you to eat from the tree because then you'd be like God. Then you'd have no restrictions. Yeah, the only eat. good tree here is that one he won't let That's you right. have. Yes. That's right. Yeah. There's all this stuff. And then, so you have that sin. That's first sin. They eat from the tree. Then the next sin, most people think, is when Cain murders Abel. The next sin is when Cain brings a insubs uh, insufficient offering before God because he's not bringing his best to God. He is holding it for himself. His brother Abel brings the best yeah. and says, God, I, I want you to have the best. And his brother doesn't. And, his, and Cain is so driven by this greed, he decides, you know what? There can really only be one of us that can actually be doing this. And you know, if I kill him, maybe it won't matter what I bring before God because hey, right. it's the best you can get from me. Mm -hmm. And there's this whole story. And then when Jesus shows up, and I think the Bible Project brings this out really well, most of his parables about life and the kingdom often have something to do with a feast, whether it's yeah. the lost son, they kill a fattened calf, there's a feast, there's the wedding feast that are often brought up, there's all these, or a treasure in the field. Jesus seems to, to view life in the kingdom as this one big party where you never you never show up to a party and when there's a bag, of, you know, there's a whole table full of chips and you go, well, I'll just get two because there's not enough to go around. You're willing to give it out and you, you don't care if other people want to get some because, you know, there's more than enough to go around. You're not even worried about how much yeah. there is. Yep. And you don't take the whole bag of chips because you go, well, I want everyone else to be able to enjoy the party. So we're yeah. going to give them some and we're going to do this whole thing. It's the story that I'm being invited into where me, me participating with the poor, mm. what I actually realize is, and I think this is more of an American dream, that the goal is I keep growing in my wealth and they should also get to grow in their wealth and we'll both keep growing in our wealth and we'll both just keep going till we get to the Tower of Babel and we're all, <laughs> all up there by God by ourselves. The goal is maybe me up here, there's something that's not good for my soul being mm. all the way up here. Mm -hmm. It's not just that, oh, they're so bad down here. It's maybe if we both get to this level, we'd realize we're brothers and sisters mm -hmm. and we can live in God's kingdom together. The problem for the poor is not just that I oppress it and, oh, that's sad for them that someone's not letting them get something. It's sad for me that I would build up, I would have a barn that was full and I wouldn't go and go, oh, look at how God's blessed me. I'd go, you know, there's still a lot more out there in the field. Oh man, we had a really good year this year in my business. You know what? We could do better next year. We could, yeah. we, we could, we could grow this thing even bigger and we could have then and then and then I could eat, drink, and be merry, have a barn that's big enough. I wouldn't even have to trust God because mm. I could take care of me. Yeah. I wouldn't need God to take care of me. I can build it up myself. There's a danger in all that that goes back to, and if you eat from that tree, you'll be just like God. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I do think that that is a continual challenge. I, I've said to several people that are my age and people that are older than me, and I've heard that what I am experiencing is normal, that as you get older and you approach retirement, and the thought that you have is, do I have enough? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's the same question, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, mo again, this isn't true for everybody. I'm confident that, you know, you've been saving along the way. God's always provided, and He's provided not just enough. He provided more, more than, than enough, enough so that you could save. And the idea is not that God provided 
more than enough so I could save, so I should be able to trust because he's always given more than enough. The idea is I produced enough mm-hmm. when I was working to have more than enough. And that's the lie that begins, mm-hmm. that somewhere along the way, it was my brains, my smart, my talent, my ability to manage money, my ability to do this, my ability to do this. And we all would say, most of us, I think, I think every Christian would say, no, the truth is God's blessed me Absolutely. my whole life long. Yeah. And people even say to me, I say, how you doing? Blessed. Mm. Well, if that's the truth, then that's not going to stop because <laughs> I retired. Yeah. That's, I, I don't need to live as if <clears throat> I have to worry and now I'm not safe and I don't know what's going to happen and I've got to, I got to trust me. God is more than enough. Yeah. And I'm not saying that he won't lead you to some wise kind of things you maybe ought to do. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's a part of his wisdom and provision. Mm-hmm. But you certainly shouldn't live your life of clinging and holding and closed fistedness. So even though I'm still working, I have been going to try to figure out and talking to friends of mine of how can I not allow that to change who I've been? Because I tried to live open-handed most of my life yeah. since I got on track with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I do not want to go into the end of my life and let my hands begin to close. Well, don't you think there's even something, you know, I, I think a lot about, I think often the desire you know, and I'm at the beginning stages of it, of, you know, saving for retirement and thinking those things. There's often the thing is, I don't want to be a burden on anybody. Sure. I don't want to be someone who's a burden on anyone else. I think yeah. there's a godly part of that, which is certainly you want to be wise with what God has given you so you can do your best for yourself that you're not needlessly taking. But there also is, it's interesting to me, you know, in the writings of the New Testament, when they talk about who's going to take care of the older widows, he says, first, it starts with the children. If you, if, if, you know, if you're, a, if you're an adult child who can take care, you should be taking care of your parents and these older things. There really is this American idea of individualism of, uh, I don't want to die alone, but it'd be great if I could. Hmm. I don't want to be alone when I die, but it'd be great if I didn't need anyone on my deathbed, that I I went out strong and on my feet. There's also this side of part of the way we, it's, and we think money buys us that. Part of what I think everyone hopes for in their old age, I do, is that there are people who want to be around me and right. want to help me and want to do this. And part of what has to die within me is the little bit that says, Oh, it wouldn't be the worst thing if I had to say to someone, hey, I might need your help. Sure. Because certainly when you know anyone who needs help and you're the, the one who wants to help, it shows a little bit in our own soul that goes, you don't think of that person as a burden, but you also don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. I, I look at that person and go, I don't think any less of them, but I don't want to be them. I don't want to be them. Yeah. I don't want to be them. Mm-hmm. And I think part of what God is trying to do in the money is, there is a way in which within the church we are to care for one another. And the person who is being cared for, whether it's because of their old age, whether it's because of their poverty, whether it's because of their sickness, whether it's because a spouse died, whether it's because a child died and people have to care for that person, that person is not weaker. That person is providing Mm -hmm. a valuable part to the body that we get to be like Christ to them and hoping one day they will be like Christ to me. And a lot of our fear around, I want to make sure I've got enough, is this hyper-individualism around, 
I want to make sure not only do I not need God to take care of me, I don't need no one else. And I don't have to rely and I don't have to be vulnerable with anyone else. The journey of the Christian life is I do become vulnerable mm-hmm. and we're together caring for one another. Mm-hmm. That's not to say don't save for retirement. That's not mm-hmm. to say don't do those things. It's to say the goal is not I have so much money that I could, as someone who went to my gym and we talked, he's seven, he goes, I have enough money. I don't have to change my lifestyle. I could live for 60 more years and I wouldn't need anyone for anything. And I thought that's a sad way to live though. Mm-hmm. That I would be all at his age, 135, <laughs> and I never needed anyone. Yeah, but that's a lot of us think that's the dream. Well, I think the other part of it is is I I think when you're dealing with the poor, the widow, the orphan, and mm-hmm. we're talking about sharing, we really believe, and this is a part of what I've had to learn in doing cross cultural missions that no one told me until you know you screw it up, is that somehow because I have more money. I'm the only one in this equation that has anything to offer. Mm, yes, I have the answers. I have, I've given you money and that's what you really needed, but you don't have, because you don't have money, you don't have anything I need. Mm. And the truth is, if you enter into that and go, I have something to share, they probably have something to share too, if I could open myself up to see it. Yes. Mm-hmm. If I could open myself up and say, God, what is, let me hear what you want me to hear, see what you need to see. And a part of it may be seeing that I really saw this as a project I was doing. And yeah. I had something to give, poor them, mm-hmm. and I want to help, and I feel good about me. But there is a part of that. Jesus says when you help the poor, you, you're with me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. He doesn't say to the poor, hey, and when somebody comes to help you, you're with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they the they show up like me. Yeah. He doesn't say that. It's yeah. it's yes. it's we get to be with Jesus in that moment if we're willing to open ourselves up to it. Or we can just cut it off and say, hey, they want our money, and I don't think I ought to have to give up my money. And It's the thing that people don't realize, and maybe I can share this for anyone in your life who, uh, if you know anyone who's in foster care or been adopted, it's one of those harmful things people don't know that they say they think they're saying something good, but it's Mm -hmm. harmful. When people come and either say to the kid or say to the parent, um, aren't you so grateful for what they did for you? Mm. Aren't you so glad? Look, these people are saying, look at what they did for you, that they adopted you. And I always say, don't you know what they've done for me? Mm. Right. That's right. Yeah. It, Yes, they were in a bad situation and they 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 needed they did need someone to step in. Absolutely. But do you know what it has done? I did not adopt them solely for uh what was good for them. It was because and I remember when my wife and I started getting foster care, we both said we have lived incredibly privileged lives. We have been incredible we have been so insulated from suffering. As a follower of Jesus, it is not right for me to live my entire life in this privileged state, insulated from suffering without being involved in the suffering of others. And so if what we could do with our life, and this is not to say everyone has to foster, but I do think in some way, every follower of Jesus has to say, how do I get around those who are suffering? Mm-hmm. That is that is a critical part. It is what Jesus did. In your own way, you've got to figure that out. But we chose, this was our way. Mm-hmm. They have brought something to us that we didn't realize how much I missed who Jesus was how much much I, I did not understand what it was like to live in the kingdom till I was near to them. It wasn't that we did anything for them. I'm not saying that we haven't. What I'm saying is 
there is a mutuality around it that we miss uh, when we think the goal is I got to do something for these sad, poor people who exist. Yeah. It's really the truth is Jesus said he's with the poor and maybe he's with us in our rich, warm homes. I hope he is. Yeah. But I think he, I think he is. I, th- I don't want to extend that too far, but I just yeah. I have definitely learned if I'll open myself up to it. Mm-hmm. I have to get by past my thought of thinking the money they need is the most important part of this transaction. Mm-hmm. It is not. Yes, it it is an important part. I don't want to downplay that, mm-hmm. but it's not all there is. Exactly. Well, we're out of time for today. Uh, thanks for giving us that prompt that we can talk about that topic and. Uh, I joked about Ed being controversial. I didn't. Yeah, I don't think it was controversial. Yeah, they just wanted us to talk they, more. They about might not have thought it was. No, no they no. wanted us to talk. So more. I wanted to clear that up. We just. It, but it was. A, it was great to be able to talk Click about paint. that again. So yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> all right. Continue to send us questions. Link is in the description. You can send us a question of a topic you want us to talk about. Question that you have about faith, the Bible, us, whatever, whatever. Send it on in, and we'll talk about it. See you guys in twenty twenty four. Oh, yes. It'll be a brand new year. Brand new year. When we next see you all. So, hope we make it. We will. Or not. Or not. (laughs) It won't matter. Life's a vapor. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye.